Welcome back, everyone. Oh, that was a loud spike. Welcome back, everyone, to Way Downtown. Uh, my name's Jacob, and I'm your host today and every other day. Episode four. Last week, I didn't release. I'm sorry. I got really busy and I felt a little bit ill. Uh, and I thought, you know what? Instead of releasing late again, I'm just going to sack it off for next week and come back fresh for a new week filled with NBA news. So here we are now. It's Wednesday, the 6th of December. Uh, that means 19 days until Christmas. It's Christmas. Very excited. Um, Christmas is always a good time for the NBA, the Christmas games. Uh, everyone's in good spirits. But anyways, the past week. Um, so yesterday, the play-in quarter, quarterfinals, was it? Some form of playing finals happened yesterday, um, and it was Pacers versus Boston, and the Pelicans versus the Kings, and the Pacers and Pelicans came out on top. Um, Halliburton had a good game yesterday. Um, it was, look, he struggled to start off, he struggled in the first half, um, very clutch down the stretch, he obviously hit that um, that big go-ahead three. Uh, and one three four point play, it was very nice. It was a very entertaining game to watch. Had a very um, playoff like atmosphere, um, and I think that the NBA has done well with the in season tournament. I was very skeptical of it to start the season. I thought like it's just kind of pointless, but like I wouldn't say it's like not pointless, but it it, it brings a it, it brings energy to an otherwise dead. Um, regular season. I usually regular season just blow by and and you know at this point nobody really like you know you, you get when you get your wins you get your losses but the wins don't mean much at the end of the day like it doesn't feel like you've actually won it's just another day another game uh, but the in-season tournament the the benches were very hyped the, the crowds were crazy uh, in that Pacers game at least I know um, I didn't catch the the Pelicans versus Kings game but I did watch the highlights but the Pacers Celtics game was electric um, was really good, and I'm I'm glad to see the Pacers won. Um, I'm rooting for them now in the in-season tournament, either them or probably the Suns. I like the Suns this season. I want to see them win, but um, no, definitely I think I think I think the the Pacers have a good shot. Um, the Celtics yesterday were, um, the Celtics yesterday were, were good. Um, Al Horford kind of went missing. Uh, two points, four assists, seven rebounds in 31 minutes. Uh, starting center in place of Porzingis, I'm pretty sure. Um, I can't remember if they both start at the same time when he's healthy, but you can't be having that. Um, you know, Al Horford needs to show up in these types of games. Uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both have 30 bombs. Uh, Tatum also with 12 rebounds. He had a very good game. Sam Hauser off the bench had 15 points in 23 minutes, which is pretty good. Um, but again, look, it came down at the end of the day, the, the, the Pacers were more fluid in moving the ball. Everybody ate yesterday for the Pacers. Um, everybody turned up. And I think, I feel like, I saw a stat yesterday. And the Pacers have, I can't remember how many players. They have a fair amount of bench players who are making less than $2 million. So that means the, the $500,000 reward for the in-season tournament winner means a lot more to them. Um, obviously, a lot more of the... A lot of the Celtics guys are on bigger contracts, um, but I don't know, like, 
maybe that contributed to yesterday's performance, why the Pacers were extra um, motivated to get the win and the Celtics were a bit... Um, didn't care as much, but... I don't know. Uh, I forgot to mention Tyrese Halliburton did have a 26-point triple-double. Uh, he played very well yesterday and the Pacers actually had seven players in double digits. Um, it was really good. Uh, Buddy Heald had 21 points as well. Miles Turner had 17 and 10. Um, it was a good game to watch. On the other side in the West with the Kings and the Pelicans, um, I went into the game thinking the Kings would get the win and they honestly didn't look bad yesterday. Um, Sabonis, Masterclass as well. Baby Jokic, 26, 10 and 13. Uh, Darren Fox had 30 points. Malik Monk had 21. But the Pelicans at the end of the day were just too much. Zion was a bit of a no-show. But Brandon Ingram had a fantastic game. Um, and like the Pacers, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the Pelicans were just better at getting everyone the ball. Um, they had six players in double digits. Jose Alvarado had nine. Um, but yeah, the, 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 uh, the return of Trey Murphy has been very good for the Pelicans as well. Uh, that defensive presence, he can also score the ball. Herb Jones is a great guard. Um, CJ McCollum coming back from that lung, collapsed lung, I think it was. Uh, it's a very good re-addition to the team. Um, and they could look to make some noise in this tournament. I uh, I wouldn't be upset if they won at all. I quite like the Pelicans. I think they've, they've, they've definitely fallen short in the previous years in terms of what they can do. Um, we saw that when they were healthy uh, a couple years ago, they were a top four seed. So hopefully they can spark some life back into that city. But um, yeah, so now I think right now at this moment, the Bucks and the Knicks are playing. Bucks are up by one. And then later today is the Lakers and Suns. Uh, my predictions are the Bucks and the... Oh, this is a tough one. See, I want the Lakers... Uh, sorry, I want the Suns to win, but the Lakers, just something about them like doesn't allow me to pick the Suns. I don't know. Like, I can't bet against LeBron. Um, but no, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Bucks and Lakers... Sorry. Bucks and Suns win today. And then I think the Suns beat the Pelicans and the Pacers beat the Bucks and Suns-Pacers final. That's all I'm saying, okay? Anyways, moving on from the in-season tournament. Um, in rather more... On a more serious note, um, the Josh Giddy situation is something that I didn't get to cover last week because I didn't throw out an episode. But um, something that's been in news recently... It's kind of died down a little bit, but I want to bring it back up. I want to talk about it because uh, I think we should be talking about it. I don't think this is something that we should just let slip past. Um, look, so if you don't know, Josh Giddy is alleged to be or was alleged to be having a, an inappropriate relationship with a minor. Um, there was a Twitter, there was a whole Twitter thread about Josh Giddy with a bunch of photos and videos uh, of a girl. I'm not going to name her name or show her face. Obviously, I can't show her face, but um, I'm not going to name her name, but a girl from California, uh, I think she was from California, who was believed to be 15. Um, and there was no confirmation of her age at the time. It was all alleged through this Twitter thread. And a lot of people were jumping the gun and were quick to call Giddy a pedo and all this stuff. But um, 
I think that's the wrong thing to do in this situation. At the time, and even still now, we don't really know much about the girl. What we do know, or what I can remember off the top of my head now, is that the girl was believed to be 15, however, no confirmation. It was two years ago, I think, that's what um, people are saying, so Josh Giddy would have been 19, um, and the age of consent in Oklahoma is 16, so people don't know where this took place, it's not too clear when it took place, but um, there's been a lot of different rumors and speculations circling, so I'll talk about what I've heard, so a lot of people were saying that this is a 15-year-old girl and Josh was 19, obviously, that's a four-year age gap, um, and the fact that she's still, like, a kid, basically, um, is concerning, um, look, I don't understand why Josh Giddy would want to pursue something with a kid, that's what makes me skeptical about this whole situation, so, they allegedly met in a club, in a nightclub, which would be um, I think it's 18 and over, I'm not too sure about the restrictions there, but people are saying it was an 18 and over nightclub, and she, if she was 15, that means she's obviously had a fake ID, and if she's met him in the club, there could be the question of if she lied to him about her age, um, obviously, look, if she lied about her age, that doesn't, it's a tough one, a lot of people are saying it doesn't give Gideon an excuse, I'm not, I don't like to use the word excuse, but I don't think if, if someone's been lied to about a girl's age, um, look, if I'm at a nightclub and, you know, you meet a girl, you're not gonna, most of the time, you're not gonna ID check the girl, um, I know he's an NBA player, he's gotta take precautions, but, look, what I've heard as well from a different source was that it was a one-night thing, um, he was lied to about her age, he was 19, she was 15 or 16, um, and it was, like, obviously, after he learned about her age, he cut off all communication with her, and that was the end of it, and it was, and apparently, the Thunder have known about it for a year now, or the NBA or whatever, and they handed it behind closed doors, but obviously, when it was made public, then the police had to get involved, um, so that's why the investigation was reopened, but I just, look, it, it, it's interesting because my whole, like, take on it was if the girl was really 15 or if Josh Gideon knew he was messing around with a 15-year-old, why would he, in his right mind, pose for photos and videos um, with this girl when he's someone of that status? Like, I don't think if you're a celebrity or a sports player or whoever you are, of high status, I don't think it's smart to, to pose for photos and videos, um, with people you don't know well, um, and I don't mean, like, fan interactions, I mean, like, like, a perfect example was this situation, and I'm not going to show any of the photos and videos, if you want to go look it up, look it up for yourself, but basically, Josh Giddy was, took a photo with the girl, and it was captioned, from the girl's point of view, just after Josh Giddy, and my whole thing is, like, why would Josh Giddy pose for that photo, um, if she was 15, it's incriminating, it's just stupid in general, like, that photo could easily get leaked, it's not a great look for him, obviously, he has a lot of fans who are children, um, 
So that's just that just kind of throws me off on the fact that like, did he know she was underage? Was she really underage? Did she lie to him about her age? There's a lot of different avenues this whole thing could go down. Um, it looks like it's being handled very privately. Um, look, I have to be honest. Like I'm, I'm a fan of Josh Giddy. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I don't condone what he did at all. I think it's, it's wrong. It's disgusting. If if he had that intention, um, obviously, if he knew if he knew she was 15, it makes it 10 times worse. But look, I'm a fan of his play, and I hope for his sake and the Thunder's sake, because I really like the Thunder this season. They had a really good thing going. I hope for his sake and the Thunder's sake that his name is cleared of any wrongdoing. I re- truly hope he's done nothing wrong. If he has, look, terrible thing. Um, I don't condone it at all, and he should face punishment. If he has. He should face the appropriate punishment. But, um, look, we all know about the NBA. Miles Bridges is still playing. Um, I don't see why they would tear up Giddy's contract. But, I don't know. It's a complicated situation, and we'll have to wait for more um, information to come out or a final verdict, which, honestly, I don't think we're going to get. I think the NBA is kind of just going to let this slowly fade out. Um, but, yeah, uh Last thing I'll say is, obviously, like I said, fan of his game, obviously both being Australian, um, I hope his name can be cleared and he hasn't done any wrongdoing. If he has, then that's a whole other conversation. But that is my two cents on the Josh Giddy situation. Um, not really taking a side on the wrong or right, I'm kind of just observing. But moving on. Also, another pathetic topic is the Washington Wizards. Um, Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma are statistically the worst one-two punch in the NBA. I I didn't predict this to start the season. I actually thought the Wizards could make a little bit of noise. I, I tipped Jordan Poole to have a really good season. Uh, Kyle Kuzma obviously had a good season last year. Um, but their net rating of negative 32.1 is the worst of any team's top two players in the NBA. Um, and that's, that's really sad. Um, I just, I don't know, like I didn't predict, obviously Jordan Poole coming out of that Warriors situation. Um, it was messy. However, he was a very good contributor for that team. Very important piece in the championship run. I know last year he had a down season. Um, but I thought coming into a Wizards team where he's in a low-pressure situation, more shots, allowed to make mistakes, it's not going to cost the team much in the short term. Um, I thought he'd be a bit more productive, but his efficiency has been terrible. He's been shooting tour dates, uh, and Kyle Kuzma also looks to have disappeared this season. I'm not really sure what's going on with both of them. Um, they're currently, I think... I believe they're second last, they're 14th in the East with the only the Pistons under them. And I'll fact check that right now. Um, yeah, that's right. So the Wizards are 3 and 16. Their only wins have come over the Pistons, the Hornets, and the Grizzlies, who at the time, the Grizzlies sucked. Um, they still do, but not as much. Uh, and it, it's rough because... It's a team that um, can be developed well over the next few years. Obviously, Jordan Poole's still young. Uh, Kyle Kuzma's a bit on the older side. But um, 
They got guys like Danny Avdia, Bilal Koulibaly, Daniel Gafford, who I really liked um, coming up to the season. I think he was a very underrated big man, and I thought he would have a good season um, on a team with low expectations. But Jordan Poole from the field has been shooting 39%. So 17 points on 39% from the field, 28% from three, which is abysmal for his standard. Um, 2.8 rebounds, 3.5 assists, one steal, and half a block. Um, look, 39% from the field is atrocious. I know he's a guard and they take harder shots. However, that's not good at all. Uh, his career field goal percentage is 41%. But, um, that's not good enough to be the guy on the team everyone was talking about. This is Jordan Poole's team. This is Jordan Poole's team now. Um, he was talking about it. There's a lot of footage of him getting frustrated at teammates. Um, when really, he's a main reason why this team sucks right now. I hope they can get it together um, going through the season. There's not really a trade that can fix this team. I mean, obviously, it's a tanking team now. They're going probably going to go for a pick in the lottery, and I don't blame them because they need it badly. But um, I think. I don't. I don't see Jordan Poole as a long-term investment for the for the Wizards. I think they're going to have to trade him at some point, whether that be this season at the at the deadline or in the, or in the off season. Um, I don't think he can be the first option on a team. Um, look, he's not. He, he's a good scorer, but to have that efficiency and lack of leadership, it's just a bit tough. I think he requires um, an older guard or an older veteran in general to kind of be there and mentor him I think that's why he was doing well with the Warriors before the whole Draymond Green incident um but yeah the Wizards are clearly not the right situation for him um it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kyle Kuzma as well but at this point I don't see both of them I don't see either of them being on the Wizards long term um the I don't know if anybody saw yesterday there was a situation between not yesterday two days ago I think on Monday um, there was a situation between Ime Udoka and LeBron. Um, I believe what happened, I saw some leaked audio. So, a little bit of a back and forth, going back and forth between LeBron and the Rockets head coach, Ime Udoka. Um, double tech, Udoka was thrown out. LeBron, after the game, was talking about the altercation. Obviously, made a joke saying they were just talking about Thanksgiving, blah, 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 whatever. It's not that deep. Um, the whole thing is not that deep, but it's interesting to... Kind of see the dialogue between a coach and a player. So there was some leaked audio I saw on uh, Basketball Forever's Instagram page. And it was basically just LeBron got upset about a call. And Emo Udoka basically said, stop crying like bitches. Um, referring to the Lakers team, obviously, uh, about foul calls. Um, and then LeBron went to go up to him. Dylan Brooks tried to keep him away. And then later in the game, he went up to him and said, um, we're grown men. Don't throw that word around, uh, that word is bitch, um, and LeBron's kind of had a history with that word, he doesn't really like when people call him that, I think uh, Mario Chalmers on the Heat uh, said it to him once and he freaked out on the bench, um, Joakim Noah as well, there's a lot of times, but um, yeah, and Udoka basically said, what are you going to do about it, like you're walking over here, like you're going to do something, and then LeBron chatted back to him and then ref came over, teched them both up, threw Udoka out of the game. Um, I don't know. I don't know about, I don't know if I'd eject the coach of a, just, you know, just a back and forth of the player. It's not that deep. Um, both mature men, but, um, 
yeah, just interesting to you don't really see that much tension between uh, a player and a coach. And then you know, NBA Twitter in NBA Twitter fashion pulled up the receipts. I uh, found a clip of LeBron cooking Ime Odoka in his rookie season. Um, so yeah, I don't know. People think there's a history between them. I don't. I think it's just on the at 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 that time, just a bit of tension between the two. Um, not that deep, but interesting conversation to be had. Uh, really quickly, just to end off the episode, the standings are looking very interesting right now. Over in the West, the Timberwolves, Thunder, and the Nuggets lead the top three. Uh, Timberwolves are 15 and 4. They look fantastic this season. Uh, I said it once, I said it again, Rudy Gobert is the DPOY, whether you like it or not. Um, he's coming up for his fourth DPOY, I'm pretty sure. Um, and this season, you really can't deny it. I don't think there's anyone better than him right now. You could make a case for AD. But Gobert's just been insane defensively. If you've been watching Timberwolves games, you can look at stats, you can look at everything. I'm not going to go over them now because it's pretty obvious. Um, the Thunder, another team looking amazing. You know, Shea Gilders Alexander, MVP candidate. Chad Holmgren, Rookie of the Year candidate. The man who shall not be named. Um, J-Dub, J-Will, all those guys. It's a fantastic team. They're a few pieces away from contending for a championship. I don't think this this um, second seed will last long, uh, especially with the Nuggets right on their tail. But um, yeah, and then the Nuggets, obviously Jokic MVP candidate, probably the best player in the world right now. Very good supporting cast, Jamal Murray, MPJ, uh, KCP. It's a fantastic team. Um, DeAndre Jordan actually had a really good game uh, when Jokic was out, DeAndre Jordan hasn't been a star, a starter, or a star for a long time. Um, and I think it was against the, I think it was against the Clippers that uh, Jokic didn't play, and DeAndre Jordan had a twenty-one point double double with thirteen rebounds and five assists. Um, and that is not twenty twenty-three DeAndre Jordan numbers. Um, even the five assists threw me off. So he played 34 minutes. I uh, played really well. Reggie Jackson as well in that game um, to replace Jamal Murray was fantastic. He had 35, 13 assists and five rebounds. Um, and they took down the Clippers. Uh, this was last Tuesday. Um, obviously, Paul George had a very underwhelming game. Harden, whatever. But yeah, so and then, you know, NBA Twitter. Again, being NBA Twitter, started the conversation of if Jokic was a system center. Um I think that's a stupid conversation, but it's interesting to see how DeAndre Jordan just stepped into that role and, and performed really well straight away. So, um, But over in the East, uh, you got the Celtics on top, pretty expected, 15-5. Four all-star lineup. It's, um, it's interesting. Tatum, I will say though, Jason Tatum, um, I think is a, is a pretty overhyped player. Um, I don't... I'm never one to be negative on on players because I don't like that culture surrounding the NBA on bringing players down. But Tatum um, gets a lot of props, and don't get me wrong, he's a good player, but he gets carried a lot. Um, I've never seen a team where the star player can have less than 15 points, and every single other player around him like just turns into the the 96 Bulls. Um, it's a lot of the times Derek White, Jalen Brown. Paul Zingas, Drew Holiday, Al Horford, 
There's so many guys, Peyton Pritchard even, can perform when Tatum has a night off. Yeah, okay, that's good roster construction, but I don't think that Tatum should be in the conversation for a top top three player in the league. People think, a lot of people think he's an MVP candidate. I disagree. Um, he just got named Eastern Conference Player of the Month on 27 points, I think, with seven rebounds and four assists, something like that. When in the same month, Joel Embiid had 32 points average, 12 rebounds average, six assists average, or seven assists average, had a fair fair record and was not named. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Um, second seed, the Magic look really good. Um, early days in the season, they're 14 and 6. Um, but like I said in previous episodes, a very electric young team. Um, the sky's the limit for these guys over the next few years. Um, obviously, they're star players, Paolo and, and Franz Wagner. And they've got guys like Mo Wagner. They've got Cole Anthony. Jalen Suggs has been fantastic this season. Joe Ingles is a great piece of the bench. So is Gary Harris. Um, Jonathan Isaac is a bit up in the air right now with kind of his role in this team. Um, but they do look really good. And then third seed, you got the Bucs. Um, starting to figure it out with Dame. Very slow start to the season for the Bucks, And Damien Lillard, obviously a new change of scenery. Um, and inserting a star into another team does not always transition smoothly at first, as we can see right now with the Clippers. Um, but I'm glad they're starting to pick it up. I like Damien Lillard. Um, the only thing stopping me from rooting for the Bucks' success is the 76ers, who are sitting in fourth right now, uh, 12-7. and seven. Not having a bad season, bit of injury problems. Kelly Oubre will finally be coming back. I think against the Wizards tomorrow. So I'll be keen to see how he plays after his whole car accident or bike accident. He got hit by a car. Um, but yeah, that's the rundown on the on the conferences. And I think that's the those are the biggest stories of this week. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, sorry about no episode last week. Today is Wednesday that I'm actually recording on time uh, for the first time since episode one. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Um, stay tuned for some more content, which I will hopefully be making soon. Uh, Episode 5 out next week on Wednesday as well. I'll see you guys all later. Thank you so much for listening.